Welcome to World Gaming, the podcast with two new mics. Yes, you heard it. Two. And sharks and tornadoes on our faces. No. Oh, <laughs> I want Sharknado. No. Anyway, guys, oh. so welcome back. Uh, we are back. And this is us talking about something very special. Something we hope to have one day. It's about you guys. Okay, we're not trying to steal you, but community. <laughs> not the TV show. That was an awesome TV show. Did it get another season or something? Or did it not get another season? I forget. I think... I I hear it was cancelled. I hear it was greenlit for a second season. But I think... No, the no, mo- it had a second season. Oh, I... a third season. The most recent thing I heard was... It can- had a number of seasons. The most recent thing I heard was cancelled. Ah, so sad. Anyway, guys, yes, we are talking about the community. Now, it's not our community because we do love you, but we're not going to talk about you just yet. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about the community when it comes to, well, the fandoms of video games, the people who make things for games. These would be modders, tweakers, a whole lot of you guys. Uh, how, essentially, it probably started out to how it really changes the gaming industry even nowadays. I mean, not just indie gaming, but simply adding new content. Yes. Not DLCs. Yes, we're talking about actual features that aren't just a reskin for $5 a pop. Oh, gosh. It's $5 a pop now? No, no, no that's EA. Oh, yeah, because like Borderlands like $3. <laughs> I still pay for it. I feel bad. <laughs> anyway, guys. Do you like uh, your skins? They make me feel pretty because my character's a girl. As long <laughs> you like them, that's all that Except matters. Except when uh, Norm plays and, you know, he sees my hot girl and it sounds like a guy. Well, me. <laughs> ah, dissonance. Something we must all have. Anyway, yes, the communities. Uh, I mean, I remember back in the day when I was younger, I mean... I guess our version of community added content came a lot from like board games where we'd add new rules, add new pieces, or all these little twists. Yeah. Uh, the first time I saw that in a video game was, well, level editors. Yes, level editors. Like the world editor in... Warcraft. Warcraft, Warcraft, oh. Warcraft Starcraft. Actually, I didn't really play much with the StarCraft one, but the Warcraft 2 level ed- uh, world editor, oh gosh, I love that. Especially Red Alert. Yes. And what became the most amusing part about it was I found out other people use it. Yes. And you could download things uh, from 256kb connection via modem. It was pretty sad. Uh, <laughs> but the how much? How much, of the, how much of that uh, megabyte hard drive did it f- fill up? Well, let's see. I was running a massive 40 MB hard drive at that time. So how much did it fill up? You know, like 3 MB. That was a lot. That that was a lot. Oh, co- oh come for on. maps. Oh come on! And for a minute, I thought you downloaded enough to fill all of that forty. No, no, I had other essential things there. Did it fill up? The forty filled up though. Didn't did it? Uh no, no. I, I you are not supposed to fill up your hard drive. Even as a kid, I understood you're not supposed to fill it up. Is that why your system crashed? No, it was because no, it was because I tried to update and it botched itself. Windows. <laughs> Another topic for another time. <laughs> anyway, I mean, that's the first sense I really got the video game community versus the analog community. And, well, honestly, it really increased my lifespan for Red Alert. I mean, I enjoyed playing it. My dad loves it, and he became kind of slightly addicted to it. Okay. But having all these community-made maps, you'd have different designs. You'd have tournament maps, which I never really heard of that day. Uh, did not actually understand them until I saw Norm, uh, Norm, Ag, Jiao, and who else played RTS? John started trying those things. And I figured, out, oh, so they look stupid, so they're fair. 
So, are these tournament tournament maps in Red Alert? Yeah, they were actually were Red Alert two tournament map. I uh, was Red Alert one I from could, Westwood. I could see Westwood why they. I could see why they would have to be a little dumb in the layout. To be fair. Well, I mean, it was really, really simple. I mean, I saw some maps that were so amazing. They'd have, like, some buildings, yes. all these little, like, uh, nuances every now and then to make so, it feel so real. Okay. Then you'd have this one that's essentially a box with, you can go through here or here or through here. With resources set up here and here. It just looked like mirror images of each other. That's... That, that's a, that was a tournament map. I didn't get it. I, I found seem it to, re- to be a lazy map um, until I, seem- I realized, oh... They were smart. Wasn't there a Star... What, what, aren't there a number of StarCraft maps like oh, that? Oh, yes, a lot. Aren't a lot of the co- competitive maps like that? Well, I guess that's why they call tournament maps. But yeah, I mean, that was my first experience with it. Uh, what about you? I mean, what's the first time you really saw community support stuff? Huh. For me, my first... My first knowledge of community support stuff, of community supporting stuff was... Let's see. There were... There was mods... Mods for which one? Mm, let's see. Pac-Man. A number of the games I, a number of the <laughs> My games I angles. played. Um, I mean the curves. It's a, um my realization that there were a lot of Counter Strike mods. Oh, okay, you were kind of late in the community game. I see. The um and in essence, one of my earlier, uh, I put this all in quotes. Experiences with community had more to do with like like-minded people who enjoy who enjoy games and like make. Make so tell weird, me, what do the like-minded Paolo-like minds make in the community? Depends on depends on what you want to think. What do you want to think? Moving about? along, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Half-Life games are for me one of the best shows of how much a community can keep a game alive and actually fight piracy for most interesting parts. Yes, I mean, I see this a lot where you actually have community kind of policing each other. I mean, it's not if perfect. Um, I mean, I think Counter-Strike is still one of the most, most pirated games of all time. Aren't there some Same mods that only work with official copies? <laughs> You'd like to do that, but of course, when I mean, a pirate or anyone hears, it will not work without X or this. They're going to find a way to break it. Okay. I mean, the iPhone, was it iPhone 4 or 3, they said, will not be cracked, and it was cracked within an ice store. <laughs> so you know telling a pi- telling a pirate this game is uncrackable unhackable or things all you're really doing is just adding this bit of time In... that it will not be broken let um going back to subject matter my first experience with a game with game community it was more indirect and it had more to do with with me just playing games with friends and family and like sharing sharing shared interests in that okay so you mean like an actual community like really like with gaming yeah. Not be the oh okay yeah basically that kind of growing community. up I played lots of single player I pl- I I ended up playing and I still do play quite a number of games that I would actually be ideal with four heads latched onto controllers what indie game is this I don't know I want you to think about four heads latched onto controllers Hail Hydra Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, uh, going back to Half-Life, this is actually a place where I saw community really jump up. I mean, people don't really realize this nowadays because uh, Counter-Strike is really this in thing, especially with Counter-Strike Go right a now. A lot of the... Um, um, I'd, like, I'd like to give a little spoiler to, spoiler to what Miko's saying. A lot of... Va- <laughs> a lot of... A lot of what Valve... I'm about you finish, but I just want to say... <laughs> small spoiler! A lot of what Valve is doing right now would not have... Would, has Half-Life to thank. Go on. 
I didn't say any details. Half-Life 3 confirmed. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, Counter-Strike was a mo- was a mod. It was made by the community. And, uh, well, when lots of people say Counter-Strike, they probably played version 1.6, 1.5, 1.0, 0.8. The first time I played Counter-Strike, the M4 still had a scope. People don't realize that. The, that's why the visual of the M4, when you go to your menu, yes. has a ACOG optic over the grip. Because yes. the original one had a scope. But they said for balancing issues, it did not make sense to have a scoped gun as a primary weapon. Even though the AK had far more firepower, the scope gun just actually made it uh, unfair. Yeah, I could see that being a The scope gun actually became like the second gun, which was the Steyr and the SIG 5.52. But that's one. These, yes. these are things that were community supported and it got Community improved. started. Yeah, community started and supported simply yes. because this game started evolving from feedback. This is something you didn't see from, you know, any other game. Is, I the, mean, mod ver- is the mod version of Counter-Strike still played heavily? Yeah, honestly. I mean, it's still available in most netcafes I see here. You'll still find 1.6. You'll still find 1.5. No, I mean the older ones. Like the beta versions? No, like literally the ones that will require you to boot into Half-Life first. All of them? Oh, I... <laughs> If, it, if, it, if, if it's that. a mod, it must need the first I'm, one. Dark, no, <laughs> That's no. called a standalone or an indie game. <laughs> wait, wait, one point six. Wait, one point six was not a standalone yet. Oh, okay, okay. One point okay. six still actually still needed Half Life, but it ran in the background. If you actually want the mods, you could deactivate it and end up in Half Life. Oh, okay. It was kind of funny because I'd be playing Counter Strike Great Auto standalone. Yeah. Then you just deactivate and you'd end up playing Half Life again. Oh, okay. But really, I mean, Half-Life, they, uh, Valve did this, have this sort of community support thing where they made it, their games very moddable. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure if it was a choice from their part to do such, but it really worked well. I mean, Counter-Strike until today is one of the biggest games. It's, Even though it's one of the most pirated games as well, it still makes a good lot of scratch for the Valve while having all these new things. I mean, it's not just skins. It's not just maps. You have people essentially making games with games. Yes, and if I'm... and to There's be... even a racing game with a half, with using Half-Life. It was a fun game. It was, and you have the weirdest glitches. It was a Sega Rally. Sega Rally. It was Sega Rally. <laughs> Sega Rally. Okay. Sega Rally. Sega Rally. Yeah, it was Sega Rally. It was really, it was a really interesting so game. I mean, it was... did the glitch involve like crashing cars into another car, and then the, and then the crashed car just stuck onto the car that was crashed into, and the the car that was crashed into kept on driving at normal speed. Oh no, of course not. They had the physician down. No, if you hit something hard enough, your car will gib. <laughs> really? It was really, really weird because like, uh, define gib. Uh, gibbing. It's something. Uh, I guess it's from. Qu- I don't know if it's from Quake. Gibbs, uh, you'll probably see this in some of the 90s games, some of the earlier 2000s. Gibbing was essentially you'd be broken up to body parts. And Half-Life, if you attacked something enough, it would be broken up into like random bits of flesh, so intestines, basic, so the, basic, the rally car. So basically, it's like those times in certain games where you like make like a robot explode and this explodes. And you see all these little tidbits. Those all these gibbs. little particles. Shards of glass-looking things. No, no, those those are particles. You, the gibbs were really just these things that you'd see on the ground that you could almost interact with. So, like, those are gibbs. Broken pixels. No, no, no. Chunks. Chunks. Oh, chunks. Gibbs. Giblets. Turkey. Gobble gobble. <laughs> Let's make a sandwich out of it. But yeah, I mean, you the car would actually gib. 
That's it was hilarious. I mean, you'd just be driving. Let's make a sound. What happened? My car is now in testing. And the game would... The game wouldn't crash, though. That's the funny part. The game would just like, well, you're dead. So... Um, and nothing would happen from there. You would not respawn. So you wouldn't get back into the race at all. You can't... Uh, you... When the race was finished, you'd go back in. But the game was just like, oh, you're dead. Um, Okay. Because they deactivated the respawn. Do you at least get to see your chunky body? Yeah. You actually see that guys around. I mean, you, it, it was pretty horrific. Because it was actually a really family-friendly looking game. Like, they redid the graphics. Everything looked really nice. Then when you get, you see this like flying skull with like one eyeball in it. Can we make a sandwich out of that? No, but I'm pretty sure there's a mod out there. <laughs> and then you had other mods that were really popular, like Ricochet, Day of Defeat. Uh, yes. What's the other one? It was a cowboy game that we ended up playing for a bit that was a little crazy. Which one? Fistful of Frags? No, 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 no. It was uh, also a Half-Life thing. Uh, because- wanted! <laughs> So wait, fistful. Remember where we played like you we were throwing scorpions at me and oh yeah, <laughs> but those things were all made by community. These are all mods that honestly kept Half Life running. I mean, to play these mods, you had to get the game. Yes. And they really tried as much as possible to almost shame people to saying, "Come on, buy the game. It's worth all this work." Hmm. What's great though was when Valve actually started giving back to the community. I think they started paying out to certain. Uh, modders, or was it uh, something else? But I, I remember people getting paid I, at some point. Either some modders were being paid, or some modders were just being outright hired by Valve. Well, actually, not hired by Valve, but you'd see they get picked up by a number of people. I do know that a number of modder of people got picked up by certain game companies because of of mods. Yes, because of their mod experience. And I mean, that's the magic community. I mean, not only does it increase the lifespan of the game, it really built up the industry in a way that you know we'd like it. Yes. Uh, but I think the problem was when, I mean, I want to blame the Wii here because I feel like it made gaming so massive simply because everyone started playing. I um, mean, I'm not saying the Wii is bad. Um, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but, but the if, Wii really brought in a I'm whole I'm sorry bunch if you're casuals. gonna go by that, if you're gonna go by that logic, that wouldn't that also extend even further back? Because, to be fair, the Wii never beat out the PS2. True, but the PS2's game library was very different from Wii. True, but again... I do not see Cooking uh, Mama PlayStation Edition. Still, the consideration I'm making... Wii Resort was fun, though. I'm going by the consideration that a lot of people still picked it up, and I'm pretty certain not all of them were core. True, but also the nice thing about the PS2 at that time was even Sony was supporting the development community by having, for the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 development consoles. Yes, they were. They and it's also one thing that also supported them. I don't think <clears throat> PS3 had they a development did. console. They didn't, but that was also during the time where... That was also during the time where Ken Kutaragi was in a rather questionable place. Was it Amsterdam? Um, No, it was Stockholm. Yeah, that is questionable. <laughs> uh, no offense to anyone from Stockholm. If you're listening, though, hello. Hi! But yeah, I mean, the community, I'm surprised <laughs> how they're able to create so much interesting things. I mean... Not only Valve picked on this really early, then Bethesda. I mean, these are... Uh, anyone who knows... You should, guys should know Bethesda. These are the guys who made the Elder Scrolls series. Yeah, Fushroda. Uh, uh, they made a number of mods also, and some of these and mods it, surpassed the game. And uh, and let's also let's also not forget that a lot of the new... That the newer Fallout games also... Ha- also, also Bethesda. Ha- also Bethesda also has a good mod community. And but, that, but it doesn't even extend to that one. I mean, one of the major things in the community that I think everyone has at least watched one video of, one video from, 
machinima. Yes. This is also community support thing. I mean, it got to the point where, I mean, gaming for gamers, I mean, we didn't really care if there was a stigma towards it back in the early 90s. Even up to now, there's still a bit of a stigma. Uh, we, her community just kept us alive. I mean, we had support in the ways that we had our own form of media with our own form of entertainment. I mean, remember in television, we had the uh, Quake uh, when Quake yes. was still televised. Yes. And they'd have I... these special maps where you'd just be trying to platform with rocket jumps. Yes, I remember those. That was amazing. And I just don't know. I, I forgot when it stopped, though. Uh, same. I mean, I just watch it uh, somewhere when I was gaming and that'd be in the background. But, I mean, these are things that are made of community. These are supported. And especially with uh, how things are now with YouTube, it's becoming more, how would you say, real. I mean, the hard part when it comes to these mainstream games is they try to cater to every single audience. Yeah. Modders don't really do that. Community guys within specific game genres don't really do that. They don't cater to the mainstream. They know These guys know who they're, who they're targeting with what they're making and what... And to be and to be fair, a lot of these mods are going to aren't going to appeal to a to a person with a very how should I put this casual mindset. Well, that's true. But at the same time, they even make very casual mods that are also fun. Yes, there are. I mean, yes, there are. Quite I mean, a like number, a actually. GTA Four. I am surprised with the sheer amount of mods in GTA Four. Yes. No, I just. Okay, and uh, <laughs> San Andreas. There were a lot of mods on in San Andreas. Of course, some of those mods were derp, like they attempt, like their attempt at making a giant robot, but then they uh, they ended up making the giant robot register as a plane. I am very curious about this mod. I will now look for it. Look up for the Gundam mod. I was hoping it would be Macross, but okay. <laughs> no, no, it was Gundam. But I mean, these modders were able to create some really interesting things. Yes. Especially when it came to Skyrim. I mean, the game Skyrim was actually pretty mainstream in the sense that almost anyone could really jump into it. Yes. Sure, I mean, you'd probably have to be more into the RPG, well, FPS RPG mindset. You'd, you'd but the fact that the game have... felt a little, yeah. vani- the vanilla game, you could, anyone could really jump into it. I mean, the story wasn't too complicated. Well, you actually, could enjoy also, it. The sa- also the sandbox mindset as well. Hmm. Because, well, you, you've got a big open world that you could just explore f- or right after the first zone. Then when the modders came in, I mean, you had things that were very, as what you call, very lore-friendly. Yes. That really engross you so much in the game that you forget lots of things they're writing are not even canon. These are things that they just read into and just made it fit more in the world. And then you have WTF things like Randy Savage Dragon. Hey, Randy Savage is awesome. I want the Randy Savage Dragon. Miss you, Randy Savage. Miss you too, dude. Oh yeah, and and the Bender Crabs. <laughs> the Bender Crabs. Uh, I'm sorry, I have like the Mr. Crab where it's no, like no, this, not the uh, Bender no, Crab, gentleman crabs. No, no, Zoidberg crabs. It was the Zoidberg crabs. <laughs> like they would, like they'd say Zoidberg stuff, and then you kill them, and then they, they like play the Futurama theme every time they died. You're an awful person. <laughs> hey, hey, I can't, I can't blame Mr. Zoidberg if he wants to die. He wants the mercy. I give it to him. What XP? Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> But, I mean, these are things the community makes. I mean, sure, you do get those derp things. But, honestly, for me, that just adds a different level of play. That and add, that really made that games a, work far better. In sure, number, you could have the vanilla thing, but you could have something that fit you far better. In a number of cases, I like the WTF stuff because it adds how should I put, a certain kind of fun into a into a game. It's very unca- it, 
sure, it might be uncharacteristic with the lore, but it's enjoyable. I mean, I'm, like, personally, I'm not too into it because I love the suspension of disbelief. I like making sure anything I add just adds to the world. Yeah. But at the same time, I really do appreciate things. I mean, like Tropical Skyrim. You're essentially changing the entire winter mindset into a tropical area. And it's fantastic. But you I should make sure you change all you should tropical. change all the skins to make sure that it fits a tropical area because when you see people wearing like thick leather uh thick leather and furs in the so you're hot, saying, hot summer. So you're saying does not seem to be the smartest thing. So you're saying change everyone that they're such in such a way that they're in chainmail swimsuits. Well, I mean, you don't have to get Tropical Skyrim for that, but it would make it make more sense. But, I mean, these are mod... And not the Tropical thing wasn't simply just a simple, like, remove the snow. He modeled new trees, modeled new grass, added birds, new sound effects, changed the sounds, lighting, the ENB was different. It was an all-out change. And Complete then you have these other people who are really making full games out of these vanilla games. Yes, uh, like the one who attempted to make the Tolkien game, but then was shot down by, that, I think, Tolkien? Or the whoever running there things? I was shut down. Um, wait. It was an awesome game, but yeah, shut down. What was the third What was the third Elder Scrolls game? Where was that set? That's Morrowind. Oh, right, because someone's actually trying to recreate Morrowind in the Skyrim engine. Oh, yeah, they are. I mean, there's uh, Morrowind for Oblivion, and there's Morrowind for Skywind. Well, <laughs> Skyrim. And yeah, then there's that's, ob- yeah, that's one still in development. Just like this one Actually, guy. The first MMO I saw yeah. was not uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Someone made an MMO using the Skyrim engine. They Wait, made they Skyrim. They made a Skyrim MMO. I thought it was just in development. Uh, it actually worked, but I mean, I played it. It kind of sucked. But, I mean, you could play together, but for some reason, you're always naked in that other guy's game. But you'd have all your skills. Just they would see you naked. Like, essentially, you know, your teammates were just a bunch of crazy guys in their underwear beating people with their fists. But oh, in their screens, they'd have their older equipment. You said underwear, but then you said naked. I thought... I, naked, you know, no equipment. Oh, I thought naked as in absolutely nothing on. No. <laughs> Unless you change the skin. Which but, is also available in the mods. <laughs> yes. My men look so husky and... <laughs> but yeah, the modders are amazing in these things, and these are the community. The community gives us entertainment, the community gave us all these things that improved not just the game, but really the identity of what it was to be a gamer. Yes. I mean, back day when gamers, I mean, we all have to agree, we hit that point where we were those couch gamers eating Cheetos in one hand with a gamepad in the other. Then an orange gamepad a few minutes later. Hey, I wash. Hey, I wash my hands all the time, and I don't. Yeah, I just. So you're saying you keep tissue with you, also? No, no, I wash my hands all the time. No, I just wash my hands all the time because I didn't like. I do not like. I don't like dirtying my stuff. Moving along, <laughs> but I mean, this that was the time when we gave. I mean, I'm pretty sure even Zhao hit that point where he was on the couch just eating Cheetos or whatever thing on one side and just gaming on the other. Uh. When the friends came by, that's the same thing we'd kind of do. So, actually, I remember when I brought the N64 to other people's houses. But then, so it became, hey, we found entertainment. And this was even prior YouTube where we'd go to, I think E-Bombs even had some things. Do you guys know what E-Bombs is? Is E-Bombs still alive? <coughs> Enlighten me on what that is. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm that new. You see, the days before YouTube, there were these things called video hosting sites. 
where and e-bombs was a very popular one. I I just remember that some people actually distributed their video via uh, file sharing sites, where basically the only way to watch their video their videos was to direct download from where, like <laughs> whatever the whatever the precursor to rapid share and media fire was. Ah <laughs> uh, no, you add Kazaa. Do you guys know Kazaa? Is it Kazaa? Kazaa? Kaza. Shazam. It must still be alive. Because... No, no, because I was, like, kind of dead. Someone must have kept it alive. Like AOL alive? Well, alive in, su- alive in such a way that it hasn't been taken down like torrent proxies. But, yeah, I mean, uh, before then, I mean, also Newgrounds was before YouTube signed. We had people creating content that were video game related. I mean, yes. my first time I went to Newgrounds... I looked for anything video game related. It didn't have to be any sort of game. It had, it was shows, animations. I saw I'm an Ego Raptor. That's where I saw lots of his things. Hmm, yes, that's what that's why he became big. I don't know if he came big there, but yeah, I mean, lots of stuff there. No, that's where that's where he got where that's where he started and became big, and then then all the weird dating sims that you find. You know. And then when he went, <laughs> then grounds. he went on. Then he went on How to I you- spent some of my college afternoons out of class. <laughs> then he went into YouTube and uh, and he just exploded. Really? I actually found when he went to YouTube, his popularity kind of dropped down. But I think because I was so used to seeing him on Newgrounds, it felt weird seeing him anywhere else. No, kind of like when you see your teacher outside of school, just kind of like, why are you here? If you well, don't exist beyond well, this place. Think of, no, I think of it as like somebody, somebody who got big in the community. He suddenly went mainstream. That's how I felt. Like what what happened with Ego Raptor when he went to YouTube. Well, th- actually, that felt more like what happened to Ego Raptor when he went and did more stuff with Game Grumps. Uh, Game Grumps and well, well TFS. He is also he also does some things with TFS. Really? Yeah. Okay, but I know he spends a lot of his time right now with Game Grumps. Mm. That's why he hasn't been frequent with updating his cartoons. Yeah, but for me, I mean, that's not a bad thing. I mean, enjoy yeah. Game Grumps, which is a Let's Play thing, which is also another yeah, community the, thing. The, yeah, the, yeah, if... I mean, if people let's, say... Let's Plays was one of the, the... The Let's Play, the whole idea of a Let's Play, and it booming into this uh, interesting and rather varied spot it is right now, wouldn't have happened without community. Same as the... Same as, like, you know... I want to say gaming media sites, but I'd say more, but I'd say more game game community sites, places like Screw Attack and Rooster Teeth. Oh yeah, the, those places I feel have only true have only started really exploding in like the pa- in like the past five seven years. Oh yeah, again, I mean this is the power of the community, and the gaming community knows about this. Uh, indie people know about this. Heck, even entertainment people, when it comes to at least YouTube, understands the importance of a community. And, of course, having someone who manages a community. I mean, these are yes. probably people who get the least amount of uh, attention. But community managers, oh gosh, it's a hard job. Yeah, because yeah, because you're pretty much, bal- you're pretty much balancing. A- you're trying to listen to a community who's, who at times, I have to admit, their heads can be all over the place. Yeah, but that's normal. I mean, especially yeah. you're dealing with thousands, ten thousand to I think for some uh, communities, millions, millions of people. Or, or if, or if not millions, probably one guy who has so much time on his hands that he made like a thousand accounts to just say different things. <laughs> 
I want to know, what's your experience in Gamedia? I mean, since we are talking about Gamedia a lot, lot of times right now, so what do you do in the community? I mean, we're talking about community through the entire podcast right now. What did have what have you done? I mean, besides the usual playing and enjoying enjoying media, have you ever provided anything, uh, Paolo? Hmm. Usually, I just get into discussions with the community. Okay, like what? Like in the forums or discussions and forum and forums and you know whichever sensible people I meet on the YouTube comment section. There's sensible people in the YouTube comment section. If you wait long enough, they will appear. the The thing is, you have to wait long enough. That's like going to chat roulette and looking for no penis. Again, if you wait long enough, discussions with them, talk talking with, and also like seeing their content and also giving feedback. I've actually I was actually in contact with a fellow G one, and after a small after talking with him over a over an article in Screw Attack, he was a Canadian guy, and I was in contact with him for a while until like. I forgot when. I think that was... Uh, yeah, we just stopped cor- corresponding after a while due to... Uh, I uh, got busy, but... I talk with... Basically, I talk with the community and I just see what they're up to. In fact, a lot of the time, a lot of the content I want to see in in certain sites, I'm looking more for the community content more so than I'm looking for the content from the people who own the site. Okay. Um, Myself? Well... I guess it's kind of similar to Paolo, where I do lots of discussions and talk to people on the, with the community. Uh, when it comes to me being active in the community, it's kind of... Uh, this one you'll find a little off because it's not video game related. But hey, this is third world gaming, not just video games. When it comes to, anal- when it comes, comes to analog gaming, uh, gosh, I've supported them in the sense that I've made a number of things for v- for Vampire the Masquerade, Advanced D&D, D&D, uh, Shadow Runner. Uh, gosh, what's this other one? Heck, I mean, I've made th- uh, versions of Monopoly, worked on different th- versions of other board games, and these are things we end up sharing our own little forum. These are not very popular forums, generally because analog games have only become cool, what, in the last two years again? Um, I think the last decade. Uh, I, I, I tra- honestly like to think it's not that long, even though I'm a I'm No, no, I <laughs> honestly believe the last decade. I honestly say the last decade... But let's just say it's it's a little bit protracted. The it's a little bit protracted. So, and I yeah. enjoy the thing. I mean, you actually you got feedback uh, oh. immediately, and you could change things on the fly. If I can add one other involvement with, with the community, I did do it was introduce and teach people um, card games. Mm. Like you you remember Steve, right? Uh, which Steve? Job check. Okay, yeah. I introduced him to Magic, the Gathering, and now the guy. Let's see. He knows five card games, and he's actually he's actually a judge for Bushy Road now. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and let's see. I think I've taught maybe more than ten people already different card games, and usually with regards to my involvement with TCGs, it was usually on the on the whole aspect of. Of trying to push forward interesting casual play because for me that's what I consider my forte because I find the com- I find that the competitive scene can be like at least when talking about it online can become a little toxic or narrow or narrow minded and that brings us to the other section of the community 
us greatest comedians when it comes to the development of new content, games, mods, and creating lots of nice media we love. Then, then you have the then you have that portion of the community who like who like spew utter bile every so often. Yeah, you find them on YouTube a lot, and sometimes Reddit. Actually, no, actually, no, no. I'll add Neog after that. Did not go there. I've gone there. I've seen things that. Honestly, I've seen YouTube. You, I, I'm sorry if any neo gaffers are listening to this. I have seen, <clears throat> I have seen YouTube comment threads that were healthier, scary than neo <laughs> than a, than a lot of neo gaff threads. But yeah, but the but again, but but again, none of these things compared to 4chan. Yeah, it's alive, right? I don't think it's ever going to die. Okay, it'll outlive the cockroach. So they'll be the new cockroach. No, those be 4chan. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is the other side of the community. The community that berates every single thing, be it the game, the mods, the community. But at the same time, these are part of the community. These are the trolls, the hate baiters, the hate mongers. I've, and in regards to these people, I guess the whole thing is how we, is practically how you deal with them. Oh yeah. Because- Don't feed the troll. Don't feed the troll and... Don't take the bait. Don't feed the troll, don't take the bait. And I think I have to make this clear. You're listening to a, you're listening to a minority, admittedly. I mean, they're just a very, very loud minority. They're just... They're a very loud minority that... That it... That at Sneaky a num- wheel gets a grease. You... A number of times, these people mischaracterize the community. And the thing is, most of the time, I don't believe they do it intentionally. Though I do think there are some of those people who do do it intentionally. Oh, there are a lot who do it intentionally. I mean, I've seen more than enough trolls. I mean, I've been a moderator for I don't know how many threads. I've been an administrator for a number of other ones. It's pretty obvious when people are trying to troll you or just bait you into things. Yeah, but yeah, but the but the consideration I'm making but here is for people like bite sometimes. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is the consideration of people who actually go out of their way to mischaracterize the entirety of the community. Oh, they're very few. Yes, but again, we're de- you're dealing essentially with a very vo- vocal minority in this case. Don't feel that. I mean, they're they're a minority who feels invincible because well, they're played by the anonymity. Anonymity. They're in some place around the world, you'll never find them in. Actually, yes, though there ha- there were some interesting statistics brought up on who on the likely identity, the likely uh, characterization of a lot of these people. Well, not just that. I mean, they've also been people who've actually traced where the people live. Yeah, but I'm. It's happened more than once. Yeah, though I do know that a lot of that, a lot of, and I'd even go so far as to say a majority of these people come from developed places. Uh, for me, I mean, I'd like to say yes and no. I mean, I've been on Omega, uh, I, th- I think so, Omegle, Omegle, I'm not be sure. Uh, it's easy because I see people from, you know, different parts of the world. I'll actually have to say that, uh, the developed ones just have a different way of messing with you, you versus know, non-developed countries. No, no, here's the thing. It's not countries. I'm talking, talking about specific places. Think about it this way. You can have a third world country, but with a very well developed city. Okay. That's where I'm coming from. By oh, dude, I, I've talked to lots of people from Manila, and it's not been the best conversations. Yeah, that yeah, that's what that's where I'm getting at. Oh, that, okay, you're saying the more developed ones tend to be more like trolly. No, I'm saying that it's more that you're going to more likely find them from developed places, like or, like you know, urban cities. 
Okay, I see. Oh, okay, I see where you're coming not, from. I'm not talking. It's like more likely countries. to find these guys here. Well, I'm guessing that's true because you end up at this point of boredom where you just want to create some, you know, chaos. Yeah. Versus other people. And some people, you... some people just revel in controversy. Oh yeah. They I mean, can... apart from, I mean, for a while, and I'm still trying to verify whether that's still the case. Apart from me, did or does, I don't know. Well, I mean, myself. I mean, I enjoy getting into heated debates. But that's more because I actually enjoy debating. I mean, I actually enjoy asking questions and seeing different points. Okay. Uh, lots of times I've been almost mistaken as a troll because of that. But I have to re-explain, no, no, I'm actually very curious about what your point is. Because it's very nice to hear the different points and try to understand them better. Funnily enough, I, funnily enough, I tend to do the same except I don't start the debates. <laughs> I just hunt them down and then study them from afar, from a distance, with a scope and a cactus. Nat Geo, don't wow. hire this one. No, Nat Geo, <laughs> wild. But yeah, but the community does have the dark side, and <laughs> you even see this dark side honestly in modding, in a sense where you have people who make uh, mods that look nice but actually end up crashing your system, where they hide malicious code. I've seen this on Counter Strike mods, I've even s- Bethesda mods. I've seen this in a num. I've also seen that in a number of mods and supposed mods basically they basically they advertise that they have they say that they have a mod but their link is towards either a spam mail site or a site or a download code that well downloads malicious software on you yep that is the dark side of the community but these people well they're not really again they're not the face of the community these they're, are very rare people and but they do make us look bad just the I so the whole idea for with these people is don't let the don't let these people sour the pot for you. I mean, oh yeah. Come, I mean, let's just keep on going, and you'll find a lot of good things that to help you know drown out the sour taste you may have encountered that one time. And I mean, to make things clear, we're not trying to say that you no, know, these guys are going to be a lot of them they're going to be awful you are going to meet them i mean every community i don't care what fandom you might be part of be it video game or something else you're bound to cross these people but in the end they don't kill the community or what it is and they don't define your they don't define your particular enjoyment of the thing that the community loves no i mean the massive community is the fact that there's so many people and you will find people with similar interests who enhance your experience. And that's the thing I love about community. They enhance experience. I mean, it could be from analog games to video games to movies, books, to comics. To just about anything. To anything. I mean, these are not just... I mean, they're not your friends, exactly. These are just people that so, you share some a passion with. Though some of them... Some of them Some of them be, will be your friends. Will be. But they don't necessarily start as your friends. they just yeah. this big group of people it that... You just feel... to have the similar interest as you. Yeah. And guys, I mean, uh, I'd like to thank all the community that listens to us, uh, the Faithful 14. I'm hoping you increase from that number. <laughs> Hopefully. We have, yeah. pro- we have projects in the pipeline that you should probably be interested in. Hopefully our numbers shall increase from then to hopefully the Faithful 14,000. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we've been rambling a bit long, but I mean, we just really want to say that the community is magic for an industry. It can make it, it can break it, it can create the most wonderful, majestic things. It's some very strange ones. But you guys, you guys are real MVP. You guys are awesome.
And if you made it this far, this is the off-tangent segment. I'm sorry. I'm Paolo's sorry. like doing like head jerky moves. You I'm, cannot see it. I'm sorry if I feel You're very lucky. I'm sorry if I'm feeling derp right now. I think I Paolo's I, wearing a tie that he tied a year ago and, I and a, recently found. And I had a suit on. My my eyes feel like they're gonna pop out of my um, out of their sockets. I came from a 24 hour shift. I had and wa- slept only four hours. I had wine. I don't know why I'm saying that. Short and short, the reason why we were rambling a bit besides loving you guys. Oh gosh, my brain is full of weirdness just because of sleep deprivation and seeing Paolo wearing a suit with slippers. My, you don't wear a suit with slippers. I, I'm home. I do stuff. You have a suit. You respect the suit. I respect... And before Barney Stinson. I respected the suit. I respected the suit for most of the day. I was not... One year tie. Doesn't make me look bad. One year tie. Doesn't make me and look I'm a bit bad. Of th- I'm a, I'm a, and I kind of really, really like ties and how to tie them, so it's kind of like really annoying me. <laughs> wait, okay. You know what? I'll just... Wait, let's see if it's impossible to untie. Don't choke yourself. It can be complicated. Yes, I will not choke myself. <laughs> I... Wait, ah, oh, that's how I do it. Well, okay, at least it's not... Oh, it... wait. Okay, he is currently untying it. Okay, I don't think this was... I honestly now don't think this was uh, a year. I think it was just... No, this wasn't even a year. This was recently tied. How did a year come out of that? I don't know. Wine and weird food was messing with my head. Actually, what event were you in? Uh, Yeah, uh, Paolo just came from a weird event. That's why he's dressed up. He usually does not do this while we're here. He generally dressed down uh, way too much. A bit more than Trevor, though. Okay, no, about I don't, the same as Trevor. No, no, I don't dress down as much as Trevor does, okay? I'm not a pothead. I'm pretty sure Trevor has a bit more than that. But yeah, what event were you in? Uh, that was the closing ceremonies for the Cebu, ch- uh, for, uh, Cebu Business Month. Was it this month? Yeah. It was, I am so out of it right it's now. It's June, usually. Oh, okay. And the that was the conclude concluding activity and it was also the grand chamber awards for the Cebu chamber of commerce and industry my dad is my dad's one of the members of the board of trustees and basically he had invitations enough for fam enough to cover the family so he invited me my brother and my sister and her husband so was it actually a fun event or is it one of those listen 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 eat please end uh, let's just say that it only got to that towards maybe the, after, I think, the first 40 minutes. Wait, where's that thing I got? Oh, yeah, I got this. I got a piece of bamboo, though. Is that, like, the speaker for the iPhone? E- the speaker for the tablets and tablets. Yeah. Phones, yeah that I one. mean, that's been really, really popular, mainly because it's so cheap to do. Yeah, I got one for, f- I, got, I got one because a ticket, one of our tickets was the winning prize. Neat. Yeah. I've actually tried using those. I think my sister has one. Not as amazing as you'd like to think. Makes for makes for I mean it does amplify the sound from it, but it's not as much as you'd hope. Yeah. It I mean you're not about to match an actual speaker. Or an actual amp. Yeah, but hey, organic, eco friendly. I have an I have an bamboo. I have a desk ornament now. Yeah. Actually, one of the most amusing things I got was this stat. I got this from Subaru because they recently had this, uh, 
customer appreciation week. I think that was somewhere around June. Yeah. So I was going there. They gave I was getting some things done for my car, and they gave me this interesting thing. It's like a stand for a tablet or a phone. Yeah. I honestly just saw it's like it's honestly it's like a small piece of wood. Okay. With like a notch in it, and I was thinking, okay, what's this thing? Brought home. Oh my god, it's like the most amazing thing ever. It keeps it holds up my iPad Mini, my standard iPad, and my iPhone so well that I already made it part of my permanent setup in my new gaming setting, my new gaming system. I'd have it on my right, so I'd have my iPad there with some notes or whatever information. I'd have my laptop there and my main desktop there, and the secondary screen to the left. How many screens are you running? Uh, my main has two screens, my laptop has one, then I have an iPad. I'm actually planning to probably throw in maybe a third screen for my main system. So basically, so basically you're going with a uh, standard surround setup? Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. I I remember that discussion we had uh, with regards to like resolutions. And the thing is... Not New Year's. Yeah, to like screen resolutions. And I just realized that I do actually have a machine that could benefit from 1440p. Wow. Okay. No, because my... Because, again, my graphics card's an R9 290. Oh, yeah. And and I do know that the Radeon cards from that... From the uh, R9 series line, they scale better than the NVIDIA cards at high resolutions. Nice. In fact, my graphics card's actually ready for 4K. Ah, the sad thing of a Mac. I it, locked whatever I'm given. <laughs> I'm ready at I have 16 gigs though, so you know I got that going, which is nice. I've got 16 gigs too. I got 16 gigs of Mac, which kind of makes it a little better. I Not could, much though, but you know. I yeah. can I can overclock my memory. I can edit these video. I can edit videos and work on the sound. You have Final Cut Pro. You win in that argument. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, and, I and you also get be great. And you actually gave me my reason for why I'd actually even consider making a Hackintosh. Yeah. Uh, Hackintosh, just so you know, is essentially a Mac hmm. that runs on non-Mac approved system, which is technically a an infringement on the EULA. So it's kind of this really weird place right now, especially since uh, OS Maverick came out, which is free. So people have... Wait, been... what? OS Maverick is free. Is Yosemite free? No. So they closed that loop. Yeah. Uh, Maverick, I uh, got it was funny because when I actually went to the iStore, I was like, oh, so why is Maverick free? Because, uh, well, because that's kind of like a thing. Mac does not give you free stuff. It's yeah. been a joke for the longest time that, hey, update only X amount of dollars, which actually doesn't happen. You can actually get free updates. But Jenny, for anything else, you pay for it, especially OSs. So I went to the Apple and talked to a genius, you know, quotation marks. Apparently, the reason why they so- gave Maverick out for free was during its development, it had so many problems and lots of the testers hated it so much that they just tried to make it work. And once they did get work working, they figured, you know what? People are so upset about this thing. Let's just give it out for free. Hmm. It's not but fair, it's not a flawed system. It works really well, <coughs> but so much problems came out from development that they just gave it out for free simply because they felt it was not worth paying for at that point. Because Maverick kind of was really simple that it gave tablet or iPhone-like features to the fo- to the computer. I actually did not upgrade to it because I found it to be such a simple update. Okay. And then I somehow got updated because apparently when my Mac asked to update something, it hid Maverick somewhere there, which uh, Apple tends to do that. They tend to hide things like iTunes on the Windows updates. I am, pr- I am going to just, okay, I'm going to just check. 
at the status of your of Yosemite. Uh, Yosemite fairness is nice, uh, but it's, knowing how it's they're... a pay up, it's a paid update again. Oh, of course, I'm gonna check that again. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just gonna check. But yeah, but for OS Maverick, since it was free, people started arguing that the EULA should not really apply to it because they did not pay for a license. Yeah. But of course, you know, that's uh, lots of legal mumbo jumbo going on. Yeah, but yeah, but that still reminds me of how enforceable those EULAs are. Well, if you have enough money, enough influence, it's pretty enforceable. Yeah, that the, yeah. But here in the third world, it's kind of difficult. <laughs> you no, know, even then, I've always found EULAs to be like on in this uh, position where they're there, but can you really enforce these well enough? I we mean, don't condone piracy. We don't condone piracy, but you just have to wonder if EULAs can actually be implemented well. I mean, I've looked at the old Xbox One DRM as an attempt at enforcing the EULA. Yeah, look at what happened to that. 